Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's whales, dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. Hey guys, it's Kurt. Do you like airships? I'm talking about like it makes me think of the old Final Fantasy games where they were big and boisterous and beautiful and just you know just really captured my imagination. In this episode, I'm going to be reviewing Zephyr: Winds of Change by Portal Dragon. This game takes everything you would love with airships and puts it into a nice woven story. Take an airship, grab your cards, grab your crew members, grab your upgrades, and go out there and fight against other airships, against commanders, and against strong foes such as the warlords. So come with me as I take a look at Zephyr Winds of Change. This is the MFG cast.
Zephyr Winds of Change plays 1 to 5 players, 20 minutes per player and up, ages 13 and up, and is designed by John Metling and Aaron Cluck. In this review, I'll take you through the game setup, the gameplay, and then my thoughts of the game at the end. How do you set up Zephyr Winds of Change, you may ask? Well, first, you have to pick a game goal and select a mission. When you select a mission, each mission comes with mission details, a goal or goals, starting supplies, and mission progress. When picking a mission, you can decide what kind of level difficulty you'd like. Easy, medium, or hard. Or impossible. <laughs> that doesn't sound like anything I want to do anytime soon. It also has a goal, which can vary depending upon the situation. Everybody gets starting supplies, which helps with your with completing your missions. And then a mission progress track for completing that mission. Now that you've selected a mission, now you have to select your ship. Zephyr Winds of Change comes with five unique airships, each consisting of an airship player board, a base action deck of 10 cards, a ship ability token, a ship standee, and a ship target token. Before proceeding to the mission, you can upgrade your ship. Depending upon which mission you select, you get a starting amount of scrap. Scrap is basically money that helps you get hull upgrades, which helps protect your airship, or system upgrades, which helps with the attack, maneuverability, or tech on your airship. So not only with your starting deck of 10 cards, you can upgrade, depending on how much scrap you have, you can get more cards into your deck to use those for making your way through the game. And each upgrade comes at a cost. Bronze upgrades are 10 scrap, silver upgrades are 20 scrap, gold upgrades are 30 scrap. There's also epic upgrades, which you can acquire during mission successes. Also, with uh, grabbing your cards, you get to install tokens that you get to put on your airship. Each airship comes with a certain amount of tokens, and they have different symbols. They have the attack, the maneuvers, and tech. Say you want to buy three attack upgrades, and you only have two, you can only upgrade to two. So whatever is on your airship is what you can buy. So you got to kind of try to think of what's going to best fit the mold for your airship for the mission at hand. Buying hull upgrades or adding hull upgrades is a good thing because it helps you sustain more damage. If you have armor, after a round of fighting is over, the armor will actually repair. If you have a structure hull, then if that gets damaged, then basically that get, turns around and is broken for the rest of the fight unless you have an upgrade that helps you fix that. Also, before you start on your mission, you can also buy crew members. On the bottom of your player board is enough spots for crew members depending upon how your ship is set up. It can have from up to two to five spots for crew members. And to purchase a crew member, you need to pay 20 scrap. Once you purchase a crew member, you randomly take a crew member from the deck, but also what you get to do is you get to grab a faction, a crew faction. And these have different abilities that will help you out during your fights. Like one is the Imperial, you draw one card, you play plus one tech this phase. One is the Rogue, draw one card, play plus one maneuver this phase. And these are all once per trip. When selecting a crew member, there's also a possibility to get a companion. A companion could be a dog, a bird, some funny little thing that goes with your personality. So if you grab a companion, you also get to put you get to put that on your card, but you also get to draw another crew member to put with it. So that's going to give you two special things to put together. And both of them 
both the companion and the crew personalities all have a certain special ability which can help you out during each fight. Once your ship is all stocked up and you've got your crew members or your hull upgrades or your system upgrades, now you're ready to start your mission. First, you have to select a region card. The mission card outlines the structure of the game over a series of regions. When the marker is initially placed on the first day of a region, immediately reveal a new region card. This card defines a special global effect that persists while players are in this region. So basically what it what that means is that it's a special, almost like a little special ability that either can be good for this region or bad for this region. Then, upon entering a new region, every player draws an assignment card and you can decide if you'd like to go on an assignment or not. Also, you can decide if you want to help somebody on their assignment and you can go with them. Now, if, if you decide to go on an assignment with somebody else, the person that mission that it is, they are the mission leader, and then at the end of it, depending upon what reward is there, they can decide how the, ro the reward is divvied up. So if it's scrap, they can decide how much they get, how much you get. If they want to be nasty, they can <laughs> they can keep all of it, not get any, but most of the time, this is a co-op game, so most of the time people are pretty good about giving, <laughs> you know, kind of spreading it equally, and if not, you know, finding a way to do it the best they can. Each assignment has a goal that may vary from a series of events a series of events to simply surviving until the final day of the assignment. An assignment's duration varies in days and it depends upon the assignment and what you choose during that assignment. There's certain aspects where you can choose to either fight or salvage or there may be something where it's a special occasion on the card that tells you you have to do a certain thing to accomplish that assignment. When traveling on these on these assignment cards it goes in increment of days. And depending upon what kind of icon is in the space that you're starting on and traveling to is what kind of special events can take place or you can choose what events take place. So what happens in a day? Number one, you can move. During that phase, players move the day marker to the next day on the missions card progress track, embark on assignments, progress along assignments, or move their ship to patrol. Then they explore. Based on the space that your standee on your party's leader standee occupies, you will execute special event or normal, normal exploration, which is indicated by a question mark. While on a normal exploration or assignment, or while patrolling, you can draw either a skirmish card, which means you will fight, or a salvage card, which hopefully means that you will salvage for scrap. That's not necessarily the case, but it's always a good option. Then you complete assignments. If at least one ship is still alive the last day of the assignment, you may complete the assignment. Then you return to the supply. If you patrolled, have completed your assignment, or wish to abandon your current assignment, go to the resupply by placing your ship standee on your map. Or you can trade. While at the resupply, you can trade with other ships that are also at the resupply. Well, let's delve a little deeper into the phases of the order of the day. Moving is pretty self-explanatory. Moving from one to another, deciding what you're going to be doing there. Patrolling. From time to time, you may find yourself without an assignment or you just don't want to go on one because you don't really like what it's all about. Maybe your ship is a little too damaged for that and you decide not to. On those days, you can patrol around the resupply by placing your marker on the current region card. Basically, patrolling is just finding the safest way to get to where you're going to be. <laughs> um, 
The next is the next phase is exploring. The exploring phase activates the space your standee occupies, revealing today's situation. While on assignment as an ally, the assignment's owner tracks the progress. However, the space they occupy applies to all players in the assignment. Exploration happens on an individual basis, whereas events happen to the group as a whole. And the most common space is the question mark. So that basically gives you an option of picking a red skirmish card or a scavenge card, which hopefully um, gets you some awesome <laughs> gets you some awesome scrap or rewards, but also can lead to some interesting and deadly situations. Now, when deciding on the skirmish or the salvage cards, you can react to the situation. Most of the exploration cards have an opportunity for a reaction where you can use your ship to solve problems and avoid dangers. When reacting to such a situation, you have to draw your hand size according to your airship. Your airship may say you have a starting hand of one, but if you have per two hull upgrades, you would get an extra card. So depending upon how you've upgraded your hull or your system upgrades or your crew members, you can beef up your starting hand. Each reaction has unique criteria that help you either win out or lose out, <laughs> depending upon what you decide to do. So use your cards accordingly. Follow what's on them and do the best to get the favorable outcome. Now let's talk a little bit about battling aspect of Zephyr Winds of Change. Every time you come in contact with a skirmish card, you're gonna be fighting a ship. Sometimes when you're taking a salvage card, you can be bombarded by a fight. When you engage in battle, you have to stay in the battle until you win, lose, or die. Anytime you draw a ship, then you have to add cubes on the ships according to the region number. The higher the region, the higher the upgrades. The whole upgrades, the crew members, and for enemy ship cards, if depending upon the region, they can have they can have the higher upgrades, but also each enemy ship at least has one hit die. If they get more crew members, say they get two crew members, that's two dice. If they get three crew members, that's three hit dice. Everything in battle happens at the same time. So you can't just take out the enemy and they're gone. Everything happens at the same time. So possibly you could both be taken out or none of you. So during the attack phase, you have to declare targets, draw your cards, then use player actions. When playing action cards, you only get to play one action card of anything that you want, but also depending upon how many what how many crew members you have and what slot they're in, you can play an extra card of that kind. So if you have an attack, you can play an, if you have a crew member in an, an attack slot, you can play an extra attack. If you have one in a maneuver slot, you can play an extra maneuver or you if you have a crew member in a tech slot, you can play an extra tech card. But that's depending upon your hand size. So if you only have two cards, you can only play two cards if that allow if your crew members in their slots allow it. When you use a crew member's ability or their crew faction card, you have to put this on cooldown, which basically means that you have to turn it on its backside, which you can recharge once you've completed your assignment or patrolled on this day. Then you need to resolve enemy actions. Once all the cards have been played and any other desired abilities have been activated, you may reveal enemy actions. And like I said before, both your 
actions and their and the enemy actions happen at the same time. So it's just an all-out dogfight. When you're resolving, first you roll the enemy rolls. They always get the one for the commander and then more for the crew members that they have with them. So you roll them at the same time. Each has a different, you know, a certain thing. Like some ha- will have one damage, some will have evaded attack, some will have nothing available. Some will actually get them damaged. Also, you you know you decide you use the cards in your hand as far as the reduction part. So say you have some evade actions, you know you use those accordingly depending upon one by one what's happening. You can choose what evade and what reduction you want to use for each attack. And then at the end of, end of the battle, depending upon if you're still in it, you go through the regroup phase. At the start of the regroup phase, if any ship had had their whole upgrades damaged, they are destroyed and removed from the game. If there are remaining ships on both sides, the phases continue and repeat finishing up the regroup phase and starting the attack phase again. If all ships on one side have either been destroyed or moved from the battle, you discard all cards from your hand and in play. If you are the victor, you either join another ship in your area or move on to the salvage phase. If you were destroyed, you have to take a critical roll damage and follow its instructions. And what is critical damage, you may ask? Critical damage is if a player ship has all of their hull upgrades damage, they take critical damage and must immediately take a critical damage roll. They are removed from any assignment and must return to resupply. And for rolling for critical damage, if you roll a 1 to 2, you lose a hull upgrade. If you roll a 3 or a 4, you lose one of your action cards. And if you roll a 5 or a 6, you lose a crew member, which means basically kill them off. And the last thing in battle is the salvage aspect. Once all enemies have been destroyed or removed from battle, roll for scrap for each destroyed ship. Use one die for each tier. Tier one, you roll one die. Tier two, two dice. Three, three dice. Once salvage has been gathered, discard the enemy's ship cards. So when rolling for salvage, if you rolled three dice and say you rolled an amount of 10, that would be 10 scrap that you would get for that. And then if, if you're the mission leader you can decide and someone and you have an ally that join you you can decide if you want to keep it or if you want to redistribute it between your allies also during an attack there are commanders from time to time you'll find yourself fighting these guys they can come up in your exploration or beyond specific assignments or mission cards they're harder to beat but you get better rewards for beating them so this brings up battling multiple ships so when you're when you're doing your battle, not only do you decide who you're targeting, but you also decide who's targeting you. So if you have two or more players in this, you all can kind of decide who wants to take the damage. If you've got somebody that's a big badass and they'll be able to take all the damage in the world and you say, I'm just going to take this, then you let them take it. Or if you want to distribute it evenly just to make, make it a little more... Even if there's, you know, one per one fights, you know, it's just kind of up to you deciding how you want to fight it out. But every enemy ship has to target a player ship and then every player ship has to target an enemy ship. So not only are there regular ships, there's commanders, but there's also the biggest badass of them all, the warlords. When you fight a warlord, when you set up at the start of the mission with a warlord, you build that warlord by drawing one warlord personality card. It's a big beautiful art piece with your commander or with your warlord just ready to take you out it also has spots for hull upgrades 
The card defines the hull's the enemy's whole strength as well as overall structure of battle. On the top left of the Warlord card, it has their, what they call, personality. So it actually states the Warlord ability, how many Warlord ability cards you pull out, and how many Warlord waves. So when it tells you to take that many, you will take that many. Uh, one I have in front of me is the Commodore Van Grothhausen. And it says that he has one Warlord ability and three waves. The Warlord abilities are things that basically are something for him or her to blast you out of the sky. Like one I have here is called Firestorm. So if you roll a one or a two, he damages you for one. If he rolls a three, you kill one crew member. If he rolls a four, you evade one attack, and then five to six, nothing. Also, there are waves. So you pull out the wave cards, this is the certain amount of waves that you have to f defeat one by one before you can even attack the Warlord. The Warlord can attack you every go-around, but you can't attack him until all the waves are defeated. So what do I mean by re the resupply? Basically, if you completed an assignment or patrolled or decided to abandon your current event, you can go to the resupply. And at the resupply, you can use any, any scrap that you've acquired to purchase more upgrades, um, more crew members, or you can trade. Um, each day you can trade with your allies. Since you are on the move and constantly trying to complete assignments, there's not going to be a lot of overhauling and upgrades on your ship. So each ship can only give and receive one ship system, one crew member, or one amount of scrap each day. So you're moving, you're exploring, you're completing assignments, you're, re you're returning to the resupply to grab more stuff, or to trade, you're battling, you're doing all these kinds of things. So you you go through it, hopefully you get to the end or you die trying. And that is Zephyr Winds of Change. <laughs> this game, when I first saw the concept art for it, I was super stoked about this game because again, I at the beginning, I said that I just, I loved airships. I mean, it's just, it's a cool idea, it's, it's, you know, steampunky kind of, just kind of out of this world kind of fun. And I just thought that this would be a fun game to play. And thanks to Portal Dragon for letting us have a review copy. I got to play this a couple times. I got to play it with Tracy and I also got to play it with Mike. And I don't think there was a time that we did not enjoy this game. It's cool. The I mean, every it just comes with so many things. I mean, it's... They really went out of the way to make a beautiful looking game. One of my favorite things is the airship board. I mean, they just, they went out of their way to make awesome, unique airships. I just, I love the amount of detail they put into it. Not only is it, you know, they put a lot of detail into that, but they also put a lot of detail in the cards for when you're fighting and when you're salvaging and fighting, you know, certain people because Every card, and the you know for the salvage and the and the skirmish cards, um, they really went into a lot of detail to make it into a little story. Linking that up with the missions, it just makes it into a one cool story. Um, another variant that they put in here, well, I don't know if it's a variant, but they say that you can actually link a couple of different missions together to make it into one story. So basically, you could just. You know, one night you play this, and then the next day you can play it into the next one with the same ships. You know, you can kind of, you know, name your ships and have a little 
fun with it, you know, and, you know, because you're going to have all these cast of characters for your crew. Everyone, everyone comes with their own names and stuff like that, so you can kind of make it into your own little story. It just, again, it, it, it makes me reminisce of Final Fantasy. It's got that cool little uh, story book kind of uh, fun to it. So it's just cool to, to do that. Um, the mechanics are, are great. Each airship comes with its own deck, but you also can kind of, you know, decide how you want to upgrade it. So you can make good choices, you make poor choices. I think I did that the first time I played this. The first time I played it, I bought a lot of cards that I thought would be great for me, but because I didn't have them in the right spots, you know, it didn't work out that well. No, I just, I really enjoyed it. It just, you know, it's got a lot of replayability to it. It's, you know, they went out of their way to make this into something that you can play it, you know, a couple times a week or you can, you know, kind of come come back to it every once in a while and I don't think it would get stale. Just adding, not only adding the skirmish cards where you can fight a, you know, a ship, but also you can get a commander that brings out a couple of ships with them and then you can fight the warlord which gets just, just batshit crazy and it's just got a ton of other stuff that it just like you're just fighting for your life, you know, I just, I just love that. I think it's, I just everything about this game I'm really I'm really intrigued by and I really enjoy. It's it's once we're done playing it, we also, you know, it's almost it's almost like when you're done with a role playing session, you just kinda wanna talk talk to your other players about how it went, you know. It's it's cool to, you know, have that nostalgia for it, you know, after the fact. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I can't believe we just did that, you know, and I can't believe I just, you know, I just got blown out of the sky and you, and you took it to the next level and you, you know, saved the day and you, you know, you made it through. That's awesome, you know. Again, it's the gameplay, the components, the art. As of this recording, if you go to portaldragon.com, you can actually grab this game. You can grab the edition that I have, which is the Founders Edition, for only $55. Now, you know, a lot of games are around 50 bucks and... No offense, but there's a lot of games out there that I think you pay $50 and I feel like you're just paying for a name or you're paying for whatever they paid for art or something like that because, but this game is like, it's got so much stuff in it for such a good price and such unique gameplay. I can't help but just recommend it to anybody. If you trust us as far as, you know, our opinion, we, you know, there's a there's not a lot of games that will strike a chord that says you know you know maybe we should play this again and again and again, and I think this is one of those games that does. So I, on the MFG cast scale, I'm not even gonna go through them all. I'm just gonna tell you buy it, play it, have fun. Trust me, you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. If you have any questions, you can always or you can always get at us at MFG cast on Twitter. You can join our Facebook page. MFG cast on Facebook and we can talk about it if you have any questions about the game or the gameplay itself I would be happy to talk to you about it because it's fun and just I'm really excited about it and I hope you're excited about our review of it so that was our review of Zephyr Winds of Change thank you for listening to my review of Zephyr Winds of Change and we shall see you next time and this was the MFG cast Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.